Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Tempo Talks. My name is Aaron. I'm Ryan. And we're glad that you're joining us today for an awesome episode with our guest, Justin Grinwald. Uh, Justin is an ultra runner. He is the husband of the late Gabe Greenwald and uh, also a new dad. And so we had a really exciting conversation with him because we all have uh, children under a year old, all three of us. Uh, I had a good time talking to him. Oh, yeah. Before we even got started, uh, he had little Rylan on and she's just so cute and so full of energy. Uh, she was wanting to chat chat with us the entire episode. So if you hear little squeaks and squeals, yeah. uh, that wasn't Aaron being excited to talk to Justin. That was, in fact, Rylan. I mean, it might have uh, been a little bit us. of me, maybe. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, she's super cute. And it was cool to get to talk to him about uh, being a new dad, how that's impacted his training, how the, and my personal favorite of the conversation, how it's inspired him. Uh, and given him like a new drive, uh, especially after all he's been through with losing his wife uh, and and everything else that he's gone through. He's a doctor, uh, front lines with COVID and things of that nature. So uh, it was super cool, super great conversation. Yeah, and some other really interesting things that I enjoyed with the conversation was talking about uh, the different types of pain that we feel. And obviously he's a medical doctor, so he has a good scientific understanding of how that plays into um, your, your overall <laughs> human experience, right? He's experienced it over the last few years with everything, um, both, you know, before Gabe's passing and after. So it's really interesting to get the take on like emotional versus physical, how they interplay and how that's affected his own, you know, running and life journey. And then also um, his relationship with Amanda, Right. Mm -hmm. I think it's a lot of us have seen that, you know, they just had a, a baby together and it's it was so neat to hear about his um, relationship with her and how they've truly become partners and lifting each other up. Um, and it almost brought tears to my eyes thinking about, you know, um, kind of like the deep, dark hole that he kind of felt like he was in and how Amanda helped him kind of elevate himself out of that. Right. Absolutely. Um, it's beautiful. Yeah. Something that I feel like everyone can probably relate to, uh, maybe not in as extreme a circumstance of losing a spouse, but uh, just dealing with loss and, and having to navigate those waters. So uh, it was awesome that he was able to share that. You can follow Justin on Instagram. It's Justin Grinwald one and his last name is G-R-U-N-E-W-A-L-D. So Justin Grinwald one um, also check out brave like org. It's his organization uh, that he and Gabrielle started before she passed away. Um, that helps the families of uh, people that are affected by rare cancers. Um, and so please check that out. Consider donating to their cause. They're still collecting donations. Um, uh, we also briefly talked about the Waco uh, race, the Silo District Marathon. That's one that supports the organization. So if you're around Texas, that's a good race to check out when it comes back in 2022. Um, but it's a good time. You can also find Justin on Strava as well. So please connect with him. Uh, let him know what you think about the episode. And um, yeah, we look forward to hearing your thoughts. You can follow us on Instagram. I am Tempo Talks Aaron, and Ryan is Ryan Miller 34 um, Let us know what you think. We're always excited to hear feedback. But uh, we'll get out of the way, and we hope you enjoy this episode with our guest, Justin Grinwald. Yeah, yeah.
Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Tempo Talks podcast. We're excited today to have our guest, Justin Grinwald, uh, one of my favorite people in recent years to follow. Uh, Justin, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. Excited to talk with you guys. We're and hey, pre- we should say we should say real quick that Justin's not the only guest on this episode. We have a fourth guest who's online yeah. too, and in you the wanna- arms. Introduce your daughter to our audience. (laughs) Yes, we have Rylan, Ivy Grunewald, Amanda Bashman, Mai's little almost three-month-old girl. Amanda just went out for a run, so I'm on dad duty, podcast duty, just changed a dirty diaper. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Something that we are very sympathetic because Ryan has a eight-month-old, I I believe, and I have a six-month-old. And so uh, we totally, totally get that. So how uh, we got to start there, because how has the last three months been for you? I mean, I'm sure it's a whirlwind of emotion and and adjustment. But how are you feeling? What's it like being a dad? It's crazy. I mean, I can't really say anyone that hasn't experienced it could describe it. I had, didn't really know what I was getting into. I don't have any nieces or nephews, but kind of the moment they come out into the world, they're a big responsibility and they are beautiful and fun, but they do things on their own time. And (laughs) so it's just, it's, it's a ton of fun. I mean, the more personality she gets, like every day is so happy with smiles and giggles and giggles and farts and whatever she does. So it's great. What's what's the uh, like the moment that's really got to your heart like so far? But I can and I can give you an example for me uh, with my first son, um, and this actually just happened with the youngest as well. The moment where like I just kind of melted as a dad, as a man, was when I was holding him facing out, and he consciously like looked backwards up at me uh, to you know to see me. Has there been a moment like that where you've just been like, oh? Like I got this baby and like yeah, I'm a mess I mean, of def- a man. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Amanda like posted a little like Instagram story of her, I think two nights ago, where she just had a super disgusted face. I and that's that. typically the face she gets when I like go in for a nasty facial hair sweaty kiss. So <laughs> she she definitely hates my sweaty kisses, so I'm already good at annoying her, which which I'm sure we'll have many Years to do. Sorry, she's my my wife feels the same way about my sweaty kisses. So I get it. I get that rejection. My wife hasn't started complaining about this mustache that I'm growing yet. So I'm really lucky. That's very incredible. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'm looking at yourself a good one. I'm looking at I'm looking at y'all like, man, I can't even. uh, You know, this is this is uh, six months right here of of (laughs) ungrown. (laughs) no it's good but uh yeah it it adds such a um fatherhood just adds such a thing like you said you can't really explain it I don't know if you guys felt this way but when I I would always get annoyed when people would say things like oh you don't you'll know when you have kids I'm like no I can kind of wrap my head around it but it's it's true it's just one of those it's just one of those things I mean you just got to be okay not not understanding it when when you haven't had it so so you know speaking of that Aaron um I want to ask you Justin since we're on the topic of fatherhood and obviously you are a runner um 
you ran Black Canyon uh, last month, and it was pretty, you know, you were a father of just, what, six or seven weeks, maybe, yeah. at that point? Uh, that's difficult. I remember how I felt at six or seven weeks, and you had quite the race up there. I think you were probably gunning for more, for sure, considering, you know, you enter Black Canyon and the level that you compete at, I would imagine you were probably gunning for, you know, a golden ticket to Western States, if that was a possibility. But the strength you showed in your comeback towards the end, and obviously everybody's seen the epic kick that you put on, but there was a lot more. You were gunning for much farther out than that last, you know, 200 meters. But I'm, I'm interested to know how your body felt with uh, fatherhood in your legs for six weeks at that race. Yeah. So congrats, by the way, on Bandera. That was awesome to follow. Actually Thanks. followed it. Well, you can't really follow Bandera because it's like a black hole for following it's something. Impossible. <laughs> but but uh, so I think it was Wednesday before Bandera and Amanda and I were looking at flights to San Antonio, thinking maybe I'll just sneak down there Friday night, hop in, because maybe it'll be easier than having a baby for a month or something. But then, of course, <laughs> Thursday night, Amanda's water breaks, and <laughs> good thing I didn't hop a flight. But that was the the backstory of me almost sneaking down to Bandera. But um, it's a Black Canyon Amanda was like hugely, hugely supportive. She coaches me and, but still, I mean, you're not going to get great sleep with a newborn. And then I work overnights in the hospital. So I work a week that's like a 90 hour week of overnights. And then I have two weeks off, but, uh, the way it lined up, I had just come off a week of work kind of. So I actually joke that I sleep better at work than with the baby because <laughs> <laughs> Amanda stays back in Colorado due to like COVID and stuff, but it, my fitness has never been better. And then I think you get that like new dad oomph or feeling like, and it's really weird. Like another thing that's undescribable, but my first run back at our Colorado home after having Rylan, I just went out for eight or 10 miles and it was like the most beautiful night I've ever been out. I saw two moose, I saw a herd of elk, then I saw the biggest moose I've ever seen in my life, and then I'm a mile from our house, literally, she's three days old, and there's a giant mountain lion just standing on a rock staring me down. So it was like like one of those weird, like I don't know if it's like a religious run, but you're like, basically everything that could happen in a run happened that night. But then we live up at like 8,000 feet, I got a bunch of really good training runs in, and I knew I was in shape to go for the golden ticket and then stuff just went a little poorly. It's going to happen in a hundred K. I was actually, um, not to, I'm a little more experienced now in ultras, but after seeing your bandera, I was absolutely confident you inspired in a bunch of these young gunners that they were going to just rip 50 K of black Canyon. So <laughs> The race couldn't have unfolded more perfectly for me. I was just like slapping the guys in the butts, being like, yeah, go get it. Like, go set a 50K PR because <laughs> there's another 50K. But unfortunately, yeah, like between 40 miles, my stomach turned. And then thankfully, Billy convinced me to keep going, which in hindsight was totally the right move. I mean, I told him at 
I wanted to drop at 47. I walked from 47 to 50 just because I couldn't. I was like, I've never had like bowel issues really. Like you get like nauseous after running so far and you like can't keep stuff down, but it was like the exact opposite. But I didn't have any nausea because I don't think I had anything in my stomach. <laughs> but uh, essentially he's like, look, you got to finish. And I was like, I'll just call it a 50 miler and go do canyons. But you still, it, it means something to finish. And especially to take time away from my daughter when she's like a month old, I think it means a lot to finish. And then you get like blown out of proportion, this kick. Poor I, Ben is like the nicest guy in the world. And I'm just like foaming at the mouth, like hunting him in the desert. So it's just, it was just funny. I guess that's what you get for sticking it out. I'm curious to know, I just had a, a kind of a experience that went sideways at the Woodlands Marathon where I, uh, you know, I didn't have the race that I knew I was capable of. And, but in that, uh, I finished and part of that was because my family was actually there observing. So, uh, there's this portion of the race that goes past, a you know, it like loops twice. And so you go past twice and my family was on that corner. Um, I'm curious to know, like if, that really played a role in your decision-making. I mean, we'll give Billy some credit, uh, you know, for whatever he said to you, but do you feel like you had a sense of, no, now I'm doing this for someone else. Like I'm doing, you know, I want my daughter to know that I didn't quit. I want Amanda to know that I didn't quit. Do you feel like that played a role uh, in this particular race for you? So in those hard moments in races, when you're considering dropping out, I think, that's when the support staff you bring into the race is most important. Amanda, Rylan, Billy, my late wife, Gabriel, um, her favorite quote of mine is, it's okay to struggle, it's not okay to give up. And that's what we're all doing out there is struggling. And it's, if you break your ankle or you have a, it's okay to quit, but I had no good reason to quit other than like, I had to go to the bathroom a handful mm -hmm. of times and my stomach hurt. Like, but that's not like a good, it's not like I was like bleeding or dying or anything. So mm -hmm. it just wasn't, I don't think it does the race justice to drop out. And especially being a little more in the ultra world, like people are waitlisted for certain races for years. So if you're going to go run, I think it shows the whole waitlist a little respect to finish too sometimes. And that's kind of one thing I carry into races with me being fortunate to be considered like elite sometimes and get into races that I otherwise might be waitlisted for or something, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. let's talk about the elite aspect because um, I know that there was a bit of a hoopla and Twitter. I don't know if it was Twitter or Instagram that kind of came, came to your defense in a way uh, because you were actually not selected for the uh, the like the elite corral right the elite start wave and and am i am i right in in the fact that uh you know they were taking the winners off of that that wave it didn't matter if your chip time was yeah or... so just uh, there's always a little more drama than there needs to be but um and it it's not anyone's fault and maybe i didn't belong in the elite wave i have no idea but essentially startless came out and I was in the third wave and I was like, what the heck? Like, 
So I just emailed, assuming it was a mistake, I emailed Jubilee, the race director. I'm like, hey, I'm coming to like go for a golden ticket and there's not really a reason for me to come to this race if I can't race for a golden ticket. And then she wrote back and was like, with all due respect, you haven't done much in the ultra world to warrant you being in the first heat. I didn't get like mathematical or scientific on her and say, well, I beat this person, this person, this person, this, like I've beat 90% of the wave one. And on top (laughs) of that, I've raced more ultras than 90% of wave one, but that's, I try not to go there. So I just said, all right, that's cool. Like if you can tell me I can get a ticket out of wave three. So they changed the rules a little bit and they said you could. And then I said, and let's like put a little wager on it. Every person I beat out of wave one, how about you guys donate to Brave Like Gabe? But then Jamil emailed back and he just said it was a like honest mistake. I guess like running 50Ks in Minnesota is only worth like 10 miles or so in the ultra right. world. <laughs> yeah well well, it's it's super cool that they were i'm sorry ryan it was it's super cool that they were willing to like offer that kind of incentive the donation and and, like agree to do that and from what i understand i think i saw your your um kind of recap or rundown with jamil and they they did end end up up donating yeah like 570 dollars or like a good amount of money and he there he's really nice um their whole organization's incredible i couldn't I couldn't yeah. recommend a better race director, race venue than all the Air Viper events. Like they just do such a good job. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I was entered in the uh, Whiskey Basin 60K coming up in April. I've had a little bit of an IT band uh, deal since Bandera, though. So I ended up pulling out of it. But I'm excited. I want to get out there. And honestly, Black Canyon's on my bucket list um, to get oh, out and cr- run it. Yeah. You'd crush it. Just. Yeah, I mean that's it's a runner's course, and you would just have a you could kill that course. So that would be really that'd be really fun. I have something for you to put in your pocket for if that ever happens again, because uh, you could say you know if we had known this, we would have came to your defense early. Because you you have the right to say that you've beaten the reigning Bandera hundred k champion in a race, and you may not even realize it. I'll let Ryan tell that story. <laughs> okay, well, I, I know I told Aaron this just right before we got started. Um, because I was thinking about like, you know, have I met Justin? I'm sure maybe our pa- paths have crossed at some point. Silo district. Um Silo District, you remember it. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I can't remember if we we chatted. We might have like said something on the starting line um or something like that. But um yeah, you I mean I was a DNF. I went out hard with all of the uh, Africans up front and just totally bombed as a lot of people did who tried to go. Cause I mean, you know, being totally honest, the prize purse was insane that first year at silo district and they drew a lot of uh, elite runners. Um, and I think you went on and ran like two thirty, right on a tough course. And it was a relatively hot day out there. Yeah. There's yeah, it was. So, I mean, that's a, it's a huge thing. They put it on for the Brave Like Gabe Foundation, essentially. Yeah. So I get roped into running it. Um, but it's great. It's a great event. Super, I mean, any elites we had down there are super grateful for. And yeah, a ton of money. And it'll be back if you ever feel like doing a road event again. It'll be back bigger and better than ever. Sadly, not this year, but April of 2022. And we'll have 
the needed precautions, drug testing, and do a lot of fun things with it. So we'd yeah. love to have you back. That would be so cool. And yeah, th- just following the story of how that race even came to be, right? The chance meeting. I, I think I'm remembering this correctly. The chance meeting in Central Park yeah. uh, and with Chip and uh, Gabe and the, the friendship that developed from there. And then the inspiration of both of them lifting each other up, right? Yeah. Um, obviously, Gabe providing like the inspiration for Chip to improve his health and go on his own running journey. And then Chip raising the awareness for the Brave Like Gabe Foundation. And I'm sure probably through him, his own family's donations, but then the donations of everybody who follows along with the Gaineses and their, uh, I guess you could call it empire at this point. Yeah, <laughs> definitely <laughs> an empire. Uh, so, you know, so cool. And yeah, I definitely want to go out. That event was really special. I got to give Chip a, a fist bump on the starting line and wish him luck. Um, with a camera crew behind him right before he That's started awesome. his own his own yeah, yeah i think have you seen the there's a magnolia is their new network and it's courage to run is the show i'm pretty mm-hmm. sure you're on it giving him a fist bump like it's not just like it's two seconds of fame that you didn't know you had <laughs> nice. i had no idea i need to go check yeah. that out it's like their hgtv offshoot um but Magnolia Network, it's on Discovery. Discovery bought their like rights and everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I have a question that I wanted to ask about Black Canyon. Um, it's something that I, you know, I'll paraphrase you here saying that, um, after the passing of Gabe, that you know, the pain you would feel on runs was almost like you felt like it was like an out of body experience. Like you couldn't experience enough pain to, um help you, you know, recover or feel better after Gabe's passing. And again, very much paraphrasing which I've what I've heard um you say in the past there. Does that feeling still well within you like when you're not just training but like in an ultra like Black Canyon towards the end when you're really in the pain cave? Yeah, I mean the the distinct pain, I guess, that like take your breath away mm-hmm. someone's stabbing you in the gut it never goes away and it can come at the most random time and it can it's not always pain sometimes it's just the it's like i don't know i mean it's hard to describe it's that feeling of like utter emptiness at times but yeah it comes and it definitely gives you it gives you a gauge to know that nothing will ever touch that and um it allows me i think sometimes to push harder like i'll use something like that like billy wants me to go for like the mount baldy fkt and if i'm going like on an fkt straight up a mountain that's definitely something i summon because that's that like hypoxic deep burn pain but it's only gonna last an hour and it you felt worse like I was weirdly I think Gabriel had this crazy high pain tolerance and she went through like multiple surgeries she had half her liver removed and even though you have anesthesia your body still down the chain of neurons feels that pain and I feel like that in some way just like heightened her tolerance for pain so much higher that 
like when she'd let it rip at the end of a 1500, everyone's like, oh my gosh, where'd that come from? And it's just like time to let everything flow. So I have that and it, it it's, yeah, like what's 40 seconds of pain when you've already been to hell and back? Like that's kind of <laughs> how I look at it. That's such a good point. And like, I think, right, we're talking about two different types of pain, like the physical pain you feel when you're running or maybe discomfort, probably a good word to describe that too. And then the emotional uh, pain, which is definitely a pain. And like your body probably recognizes them in similar ways, kind of like our body recognizes stress, emotional, spiritual, physical, in many of the same ways it manifests in the same symptoms, right? So yeah. it's, it's really interesting in my mind to think about, man, like what Justin has, was, has been experiencing and still is experiencing in the loss of Gabriel, um, how that powers you, but also can hinder you. And it's like, it's almost like a, like you have like a super sword and it's like, how are you going to use it? You know what I mean? I hope that makes sense. I mean, <laughs> hey everyone, thanks so much for listening to this episode with our guest, Justin Grinwald. Just wanted to pause for a real quick second to tell you about something exciting that's going on that's benefiting the Brave Like Gabe Foundation. So if you've listened to the podcast for a while, you know that we had an episode a couple, probably a month or two back with our friend Seth James Damore from YouTube. And um, he is organizing a an event that is super exciting, benefiting the Brave Like Gabe Foundation. And we actually have right here, Seth. Uh, Seth, thanks for joining me just to talk about this event that you're organizing real quick, live from Florida. So uh, yeah. yeah, in race Thank mode. <laughs> yes, indeed, race mode indeed. Thank you, Aaron, so much for having me on your podcast once again and exciting to hear the growth of the podcast. Uh, so coming up May 15th to the 23rd, we are hosting a, a set of virtual races all around the world. It's called the Demore Global Running Distance Classic. So we've got a, a one mile race all the way up to the marathon. We're also doing a vertical challenge this year. And we started in 2020 with virtual races because all the races were canceled. Uh, but last year we did not select a charity. It was the first time we had ever done virtual races. And so we had not selected a charity to support through the races. But this year I put the word out on YouTube and said, hey, what charity should we support in 2021? And by far and away, a resounding uh, call was, say, was for the Brave Light Gabe Foundation. Uh, her story, her, her life, how she lived life, uh, just took the our YouTube community by storm. So this year in 2021, we're going to be uh, donating. Our goal is to donate $10,000 to the Brave Light Gabe Foundation uh, through the registration fees, t-shirt sales, all that good stuff. And once again, it's May 15th through the 23rd. Uh, so coming up next month. So if you want to train for a 5K or a 10K, uh, that now's the time to do it. And you can register uh, through runsignup.com. It's also posted all over my YouTube channel. So, yeah, absolutely. And we'll link in the show notes here and on social media so that our uh, listeners can easily access that as well. Um, yeah. And, I, you know, we talk, we have the what inspires you question at the end of every episode of our podcast, which you, you even answered. Uh, but, man, I've just following the story of Gabe before she passed away and then what Justin is doing to continue on her legacy and, and help people that are 
you know, battling rare cancers and families of people is just incredibly inspiring. So as soon as I saw that yeah. this event was promoting that and it just aligned perfectly with us releasing this episode. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's exciting. So uh, and, and it gives people something, like you said, to train for. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, races are still slowly coming back. So it's a good, you know, another opportunity to push yourself, you know, as the weather gets better, at least in the United States. And just a really quick side story. My coworker here in Colorado, I didn't even realize when we selected the Brave Light Gabe Foundation for to be the beneficiary of these virtual races that he I I knew he had cancer, but I didn't he had the exact same cancer as Gabe. And he survived, and we worked together. He helps me produce the YouTube videos, uh, but it's just wow. like I, I had. No, it was really struck us both home when we, you know. So I feel like there was some providence there in selecting the foundation uh, to support through the uh, through these races. So I appreciate yeah. you, Aaron, spreading the word through your podcast and. Um, yes, if, you know, spread the word to your family and friends and the more people we get to register, the, the more we can support, um, what, uh, they're doing there. Absolutely. And I am submitting my registration right now, uh, for the 10 K I hope I already had it all filled out, but I was going to wait and do it live. Uh, and so I'm going to press that to submit for the 10 K I'm coming back from an injury. So hopefully that'll be my first like good, solid effort, uh, building up to Chicago marathon eventually. So, um, exciting. So thank you so much for taking the time to, to come on and explain uh, w- what's going on. Please, everyone that's listening, $10 registration. Uh, that's if you don't do um, a T-shirt or a medal. So at the very least, $10 to register. Please do that. It benefits an incredible organization and an incredible person in Justin and, of course, Gabrielle as well. So um, thank you so much. We'll get you back into the episode. Please enjoy the rest of our conversation with Justin Grinwald. Thank you, Seth. My last 50K, all of a sudden the song came on and it like really, sometimes you don't hear the lyrics until you're like two hours into a run. And I just like started bawling my eyes out like halfway through this 50K. And that definitely doesn't make you run faster because you're like <laughs> gasping for air running. So you're like, eh, eh. I'm like passing people. I'm like, sorry. <laughs> but then at other times it, it definitely works pretty well. But not to like nerd out with the medical side of it or weird side of it, but what you just said, one of my first lectures in med school was you have an individual, he gets in a car accident, he breaks his arm and no one else is injured. Like you prescribe him pain medicine, his arm gets better, he goes on with life. And then you have the same individual, he breaks his arm, his daughter was in the passenger seat and got ejected from the vehicle and passed away. Like his arm pain is never gonna go away and he's gonna require so many more pain meds and so much more. So it's weird how emotional pain manifests itself as physical pain as Rylan would lead you to believe right now. (laughs) She just wants to see you guys. Oh, she's so cute. But yeah, it's just, it's weird how that all works out in the more we learn about pain and the war on drugs that is narcotics. It's fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, I, I can draw on that kind of, 
just idea with the grief and things of that nature because right about the same time, just about a month after Gabe passed away, my mom passed away. And, um, you know, I've had to kind of use that. I've used it. I've used it for inspiration in a few ways, but I've also used it um, as motivation to to push through and to kind of, you know, deal with that kind of pain. So I'm just curious uh, if there's any lessons that you've learned that kind of parallel into your training. And an example I can give is, is a race director told me at the end of a 10K, a trail race uh, that I did, you know, just horrible at, but it was just a like two weeks after my mom actually passed. He told me to be kind to myself and he meant it in the form of, um, you know, allowing myself to grieve. But I also took it in the perspective of like allowing myself to be okay with the fact that I might not feel like getting up to train every day. I might not, I might not feel like getting up to get out the door and run or do the speed work or do the heel repeats. So has anything like that, any lessons been learned like that from you, um, that you've kind of applied to your approach, even in training? Yeah, definitely. First, I'm really sorry to hear about your mom, you. but happy that you do have an outlet in running and the like. But I think, I don't know why, I think we live in like a hyper aware society. So if I like were to go tweet or Instagram, like running is my therapy and like showed a picture of me running up a mountain, people would be like, you should get a real therapist. You And that's totally okay for a lot of people and i'm not above therapists i think i work with therapists in my day job they're all incredible people and they all have their space and people depend heavily on them but for me it is therapeutic to go run and i i've always used it as therapy before gabriel was sick after she was sick while she was sick i think when she was in the hospital, I had a hard time because I needed to run and I wasn't sleeping and I wasn't eating. And it was kind of like the last few weeks of her life were all spent in the hospital. So I'd literally just go pick like the hardest dumb Strava crown in Minneapolis <laughs> and go like wreck myself for 400 meters after like doing like a five mile warm up or something. And, um, but I needed that. I don't know how else I would have survived. Mm -hmm. And I will always, it's not, I mean, you still need other people and you need support and you need loved ones and family and friends. And thankfully, I think right around the time I met Amanda at Bandera the previous year, like I was just getting into like running wasn't really cutting it. And I, I went into Bandera with, in my line of work, we don't have bereavement leave or anything like that, mm -hmm. Yeah, which is unfortunate, but I had to make up like 60 shifts over the last two months of the year in 2019. So in, I think December, I worked 31 out of 31, like overnights essentially. Then Bandera was like January 11th and I was completely like wrecked and tired and running 90 mile weeks, working 90 hour weeks. And it just wasn't fun anymore. And I didn't like it. And even if I like had this epiphany and did great at Bandera, it wasn't going to fix anything. Mm -hmm. But then meeting her, meeting Amanda made it fun again. And like 
going for some runs and like just seeing like the beauty that's out there as opposed to there was a period where like you said like what the race director told you I was just out there like I needed to do this workout and it didn't matter if it made me feel better or worse it often made me feel worse but I felt like I needed to because that was the next step towards the next race but then kind of starting everything over with her made it that much better I did have like my crazy like you said you ran a 10k trail race I left over to Europe shortly after Gabriel passed and just jumped in this it's an incredible race I'd highly recommend it it's in um Ischgl Austria um you run up over this mountain and down the other side of it and I'd done zero mountain running really I'd done trail running but not like this is like mountain running like kind of like a sky race so you climb once you climb like 9,000 feet then you descend 9,000 feet or something ridiculous so I took off running uphill basically just running scared as fast as I could and hit the peak first and then kind of just like kamikaze down the hill and superman twice dislocated my thumb on the way down got all bloody but I I still ended up winning because I knew all these guys were going to descend like 15 minutes faster than me. So I needed a huge lead at the top. But that wasn't helpful. Like, I totally could have just like destroyed myself. But those again, those experiences where it's like this doesn't hurt. I look down and my like thumbs hanging there, just like running it in. But that's like the like different pain receptors. You're just like running, you know? Yeah. So I don't recommend that. But it all has its place. And at the end of the day, I'm in such a better place right now. And I've never been happier or finding more joy in an everyday run than now. So it got me to where I need to be. And that I'm super grateful for it. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's interesting just to look at life kind of in reverse in that way and and see how all these steps have brought you to where you are now. And, and I, I think that a lot of people probably, you know, a lot of listeners can probably relate to some form of loss, even if it's not as significant as losing a very close loved one. Um, and, and think about it from an, a completely negative perspective, you know, like not, I'm not trying to say that there's any positives in what you or I have went through with losing someone close to us, but, um, it's interesting to be able to step back and see how, that time in our lives and that person influenced us into the happiness that we find ourselves in now, even. Um, I feel like there's probably a lot that you learned just from Gabe that you're still being able to draw from, you know, with your daughter and. Oh, totally. And Gabe, I was Gabe's training partner. Like the, I'd run either way, but the purpose of my running was to have her kick my butt in 200 meter, 400 meter repeats. Yeah. Like I'd get off when I was in medical school residency, I'd be after like a 32 hour shift, we'd go hit the track. And it just, that was our, ha- like that was our Friday night date. And I still find her out there all the time. Like I was running just up on this ridge line in California with the ocean on my right. Yeah. And like, you can see the beaches and I can still feel her like, that brisk of wind like brushes up beside you and it's just your stride for stride again. And I'm super excited to put in a ton of miles with Amanda when we have someone to watch our little monster more frequently, <laughs> but it's just such a good, 
experience. Like you're never more vulnerable when you're out on the run and like, you're never more free. And it's just being with someone like, I hope you can find your mom out there. Even if you never ran together, like just the beauty of it all. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I saw your post. Uh, I can't remember if, if you said all that on Strava or on Instagram, but either way I saw it. And, uh, I thought to myself how, how that is for me, how that relates. Actually it, it, our friend, our mutual friend, Billy, uh, really pulled it together for me quickly when he did his Goggins challenge. I don't know if you really followed that when he did that, um, uh, last year, but I, I took part in that and actually raised money for the American Heart Association, which my mom passed from, uh, she had open heart surgery and didn't recover from it. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, so now I find moments where even I actually ran Bandera as well, uh, this year and found moments in those incredible lows where I was able to, um, you know, to just think back of, of all my mom went through and in her time and her sickness and, it's just crazy. Uh, it's a cool, you know, very spiritual experience to be able to, to have those moments. And it's awesome that I I think it's so awesome that you're getting to share that with Amanda as well. Um, super cool. She's also an awesome runner. Yeah. And I, (laughs) oh, yeah, she kicks my butt too. It's, I think whether you call it religion or I don't think like your destiny is pre-selected, but I think if you're a decent enough person, things will like fall in your favor here and there. Mm. And like, as much as you read like Instagram comments, I think like me meeting Amanda when I met her happened for a particular reason. Cause I don't, I wasn't doing well. And I really, since meeting her, I couldn't be doing better yeah. if that makes sense. Absolutely. And it's solely just being with her and, and creating a person, having the camaraderie, <laughs> yeah, and creating a little... <laughs> creating a human being, exactly. it, yeah, definitely. That's... Justin, I'm I'm curious. Um, obviously, two different relationships uh, with Amanda and Gabe, but y'all, all three of y'all are runners, right? And that's how you you just talked about your bonding with Gabe on the track after long shifts in medical school or residency. And all the time on the trails, I'm sure you've shared with Amanda so far. Um, what are some of the differences between both of them when you combine your you've combined your running journeys with theirs? Just curious, what like those experiences have been like? It's I mean, from they're both professional runners. Gabriel ran for Brooks. Amanda runs for Ultra Rabbit. But um, if you couldn't find a course flat enough for Gabriel and you couldn't find a big enough flight of stairs for Amanda. <laughs> so like if you could have the exact ends of the spectrum, they would definitely be polar opposites, which is, I think is fun and nice. They both have pretty high or very high pain tolerances and they're both very stubborn. And I think that goes a long way <laughs> in the elite running aspect for both of them. Has Amanda imparted any new wisdom on you as it relates to running? Obviously, with the different discipline of being primarily a mountain ultra trail runner, I'm sure she's had some influence on some things that you've learned as you enter that world more. Totally. I mean, I think I think she's a great coach. It's been great working with her. Mario Fraley had coached me before, who was absolutely phenomenal. My the only reason I would have never even parted ways with him 
but I probably had a couple too many cocktails after I ran Bandera two years ago. And I was sitting with Sally McRae, and I'm like, who coaches Amanda Bash? And I'm like, she got second at CCC. She's been fourth at Western States a couple times. Like, I just want whoever coaches her to coach me. And honestly, in the back of my head, I thought it was going to be swap like Megan and David. Cause I was like, Oh, like they're great coaches. They coach a bunch of phenomenal people. But then I like had Sally text her and she coaches herself. So I was like, Oh, do you want to coach me? And she was like, you're kidding. Right. And I was like, was she a coach before that? So yeah, she, well, she coaches, um, a bunch of, not a bunch. She coaches like 10 people, uh, from more like ultra, I don't know if there's so much, some beginners, some middle level, but I was her most like competitive coached athlete. She hadn't coached anyone um, that like wants to like grab a golden ticket or anything like that. Yeah. So it's been fun to learn with her. But at, go ahead. Oh, at the same time, my favorite like Amanda thing is I'll complain after like a super hard workout and she'll just like come back at me and be like, you know, like Jim Walmsley wouldn't complain about that <laughs> oh. workout. And it's like, that's the end of the conversation. So do you ever find yourself in hot water where she's uh, upset at you for something and all of a sudden the next day you have a super hard workout? <laughs> in reality, she sometimes gives me some crazy stuff. But I think, again, I don't know if you've experienced this from the roadside, Ryan, like, learning to run slower, learning to chill. Like a lot of times she just like looks at my easy run and she's like, what the heck is this? Like, that's not an easy run. And I'm like, I swear I wasn't like trying that hard. You just like get in the groove on the trails. Especially like out here is like hills for dopers. I swear. Like it's all so runnable. Like I'm used to being in Colorado and like you hit a big rock slab and then you like put your hands on it here. You just like, like the hills run themselves. So I'm like, I can't help it. Like, I'm just excited to be out here. What part of California are you in right now? We're in, it's called Topanga, but it's just inland from Malibu, um, mm-hmm. right next to Santa Monica, essentially. But the Backbone Trail is right out our door. So we just needed something with trail access really close. Yeah. Yeah. And you're really close to Rabbit. I don't know if you've had a chance to, I'm, I know you've met uh, Jill and Monica before, but... You uh gonna go swing by and say hello to them while you're down there? I think they wanted so they have Amanda's like it's not her like trademark catchphrase, but she has a tattoo that says relentless forward progress on her leg. So they made like a little apparel line, so they wanted to do a little photo shoot with her while we're out here. But yes, yeah, we were we were looking to go to Santa Barbara, but their Airbnbs are very not dog friendly, so we couldn't find one that would allow our two dogs to hang out. And then this one, I think Santa Barbara, the trails are a little further off, whereas we found this, thankfully, and it's literally like a little shack in L.A., so it's kind of interesting. But it's a really cool, unique area, and we've had a lot of, we've enjoyed it a lot. That's awesome. Do you uh, do you ever anticipate moving? Like, I know you're in what Minnesota, but like, do you anticipate that you'll make a permanent move, whether it's to Colorado or somewhere else? Yeah. So we bought, we have a house and it's up from Boulder 
up one of the mountains. It's called Flagstaff Road. Yeah. So we have our house there, live there. I'm there two weeks. Amanda's there all the time. We're actually getting our kitchen renovated. That's why we're here. But um, it's really weird. So I negotiated with work. Next year, I'll work basically seven shifts a month as opposed to 10 shifts a month. And the demand for what I do in Boulder is so low that I'd probably make like half as much as I make in Minnesota. So working half as much in Minnesota and making the same amount just gives me a lot more time to be with Rylan and Amanda. And if it's a week a month, it'll end up working out as just like go work a 90 hour week, have it be a down week and then get back in the mountains. And I'm hoping they let me stack it even more. So like, I still want to qualify for Western States. I want to do all these things. And I see like my ideal life as being like running Western States, hanging out and then Monday going and working like 18 straight shifts and getting rid of like a third of my year of work, you know? Yeah. So let's, let's, uh, let's unpack this journey into Western States because, um, it's clear, like you've, you've targeted some gold ticket races and things of that nature. What kind of, what's your, uh, what's your relationship with the race? You know, when did you, when did you first hear about it and what has kind of ignited this fire to pursue that? Obviously Amanda having experience probably helps, but, um, yeah. Where did that start? So one of my best, um, Gabriel's best friend, one of my best friends, Ladia Albertson Junkins, she really got me into trails. It hasn't been too long now. Like I want to say like two years, right? Three or four years ago. Okay. Yeah. Well, I like would kind of like dip my toes in, but essentially when Gabriel passed, I just started running trails. But before then I'd, I, I do just tra- track stuff with her and then pretend to go run some trails like as add on miles or whatever. But Ladia ran Bandera in January of 2019 and grabbed a golden ticket. So then Gabriel and I were supposed to go crew for her. Gabriel had passed away um, by the time Ladia ended up running it. And I just didn't feel up to going. Like I said, I kind of just like bolted to Europe to kind of go be an anonymous person and do my own thing. But, um, it's just kind of a fascination obsession. I think a lot of people have it. Mm -hmm. It's such a runner's race. It's such a purist race. And it's so unique in the fact, like there's the Boston marathon, you get your qualifier. I think a lot of people have a obsession with that, but Western States, there's like a very, very small amount of qualifiers as Ryan knows and is one of the special elites to have accomplished. But, uh, it's just that like, um, desire you got to go get the Willy Wonka golden ticket and then for me I want to be ready for 100 miles when I do it so I had some hesitation even my life was in a non-COVID world um 2020 I was gonna run like 600 k's 50 milers and just learn them learn nutrition learn salt tabs learn electrolytes but that didn't happen so i still don't know if i'd be comfortable running 100 i even said if i got one at black canyon i might still defer from that 
race, but ultimately Amanda's like, if you get a ticket, you just got to go with it. And she's right. You do. But I, I'm 35, so I'm not young, but there's still so much to learn on these stupid trails, you know? And I, I think I have a good, at least five years of good hundred mile running left in me. Yeah. And please don't say that 35 is not young because I'm barely behind you. So I need some hope in my heart. Yeah, but you guys, we were talking when you were offline, we were talking, you got those young legs, you know, by like training finding age. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Your training age is low. My training age is like geriatric. Right. I fully expect to be PRing for at least another, you know, 15 years, 20 years, maybe. I don't know. Definitely. And that's a great, like, you got a lot to look forward to. Yeah. I want to add on to Western States real quick, too, because I totally um, echo the sentiments that you have, Justin, about the draw you feel from it. And I think uh, for sure, like the scarcity of, I guess, entries or like, you know, the like, well, I think it's only 325 or 350 people that are able to line up each year. It's like a small amount. And now it's getting up close to 10,000 people that are entering the lottery. Yeah. Otherwise, you have to be ultra world tour, ultra trail world tour sponsor to get in, get a golden ticket, top 10 from a previous finish. But I think what draws me personally most to it is that that's where the best of the best go. You know what I mean? If um, if you're a competitor out there, you whether it's a hundred, whether it was a hundred straight miles on a beach, or it was you know UTMB or like. You want to compete against the best and you want to test yourself out there. And I think that's personally what's drawing me to it too is Bandera is great. has some awesome competition there. But to be honest, like I, I personally want to line up against Jim Walmsley, the other Coconino Cowboys, some of these international athletes and like see how I'm able to hang. Hayden Hawks, your coach Aaron has been on the podcast. It's, it's a blast to be able to say like, no, I lined up against the best and here's where I stand, you know? Uh, yeah, I agree 100%. And the crazy thing is you could get 15th place at Western States and you could probably go win Leadville. Yeah. Like, they're not at all oh, comparable boy. races, but, like, that's just how deep Western States is. Yeah, you look at the people that have placed top 10 every year at Western States and they're like, Western States probably hurts their ultra sign-up score, even though they score. Oh, totally. Even so, they they uh, they win everything else. But it's it, there's so much intrigue around it. I remember the first time. Actually, I saw Billy's one of Billy's films about Western States. I think the one with Sally and Devin and and um, uh, yeah, day yeah, the life, day in the life. I think is and and then I saw uh, his uh, his recap of his own race. But man, I just look at that and the the culture of the race and like the environment. I mean, I've only been exposed to trails in the last couple of years and uh, it's just crazy. There's so much pool. Now I'm never going to compete for a golden ticket, but, but uh, you know, the idea of actually, you never know your, your legs are young. Sure. Yeah. I'm going to put that in my, uh, but that's another crazy, put that in my bio. Or the trail stuff. If you all of a sudden become like, the best descender in the world you can win a lot of stuff like yeah there's these kids like in boulder there's so many talented runners like out here looking at like strava segments it's there's crazy. these kids that didn't run in college at all and now they're like ripping four minute miles down the side of a mountain like it, it's cool yeah it's yeah it's pretty impressive so what are your uh, what are your 
plans going forward for that like to pursue that dream do you have a uh, like do you have a race on the calendar or do you plan on coming back to bandera or uh i know you're like signed up for lake sonoma but i don't think that's a is that a, that's not a qualifier right like that's not yeah. this year it has been in yeah. the past so though. what are your uh what are your plans yeah. for the future so right now short term just with covid still lingering there's not much on my immediate radar in two days i'm gonna go try to do the joshua tree traverse fkt it's 37 miles through joshua tree i was gonna go to europe and run mozart 100k in austria but i'm not gonna be able to make it due to covid so probably i'm hoping ccc happens that's in september or late august yeah and then black canyon i really don't like running the same race twice and i don't know where the golden tickets will lie but in this is not like 100k is 100k like that's why they call it that but if you told me at 40 miles of black canyon that i was gonna walk out of there and not have a golden ticket like i would have been shocked like that was how good i felt yeah and then all of a sudden a few miles later, I'm like crapping my pants on the sideline. So anything can happen. But that course is, it, I think you should run it, Ryan. Like it's, it's silly how if you run smart and you get to 50K, you literally only have to run a 50K, I think. Just because I think you descend 2,000 feet in the first 50K or yeah. something crazy. And I was like, running with these guys who we made friends they both actually just had become dads andrew bellis was one of them i don't remember the other guy's name but we were just like clicking mid seven minute miles just having a conversation it was just like you're out on a training run having fun and then i was like i'm gonna go like see what i can do and i just remember there's a little like cherry stem so you pop out and then pop back in at like 40 miles and I saw Sensman and I'm not sure what the guy's name was that were leading but they had like six minutes on me then I saw Tyler and then every person I passed in the next three miles stepped off the course as I passed them like it was essentially like I don't know what they felt like but I know they had run hard already and they were not moving fast and it was like walking versus sprinting not that i was even sprinting but it was just like you look good have a good day <laughs> or something like and that's how like you're in the desert it gets hot and if you break someone in 100k you break them you know yeah like you can end someone's day by bluffing <laughs> even the guy that was in the lead dropped out i think in the lead which is crazy yeah. that happened at no, yeah. in the lead that happened at bandera too i think um Rob Carr was in the lead, right, and, and dropped out eventually. Well, Rob, yeah, Rob was in the lead for the first 20 miles. Oh, okay. But a after that, I think I, I was in the lead the rest of the way. So not quite 50, but uh, still a little bit of a gap. But, no, it's it was interesting watching the carnage reduction uh, on the, uh, the live stream because you could see how quick they were all taken out on that first road section and the trail and – they were opening it up big time. And there was a guy who I think was in the second wave who was actually ahead for the first couple of aid stations by a couple of minutes, too. Clearly, he was peeved that he didn't get into the first <laughs> wave and wanted to prove something. I don't know how far. He, I know he didn't finish, I don't believe. 
Um, but yeah, that uh, Black Canyon is definitely on my bucket list to go do. And uh, I'm curious from your perspective, and this is for really from my own knowledge, how how does the course compare to Bandera in terms of technicality and rockiness? Because that's what when I think of Bandera, like it's rocks. There's just freaking rocks everywhere, you know. So I would say they're really quite so going into Black Canyon, everyone told me it was like plush dirt forever. But um there were a fair amount of rocks. Like that finish line video, we were literally running up a rock pile with while kicking. But um essentially Bandera is harder. It's more technical. Black Canyon is way more like very tiny switchbacky. So it's slow in that regard to those little switchbacks. Like whereas Bandera is slower from just slipping on slide, slip slide on rocks. Like I rolled my ankle really bad on that stupid lollipop at oh, Bandera. That one's tough. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. Hated that. Scott, so that Sky my, Island. Yeah, my Bandera race ended there. Um, but sorry, the kid's getting loud, but I'd say black Canyon's much more runnable from a technical aspect, but deceivingly large amount of like just tight switchbacks and turns. Yeah. Well, uh, let's move on. We actually have some fun listener questions that I think Rylan, Rylan wanted us to ask. She was clamoring for what the community is saying. Uh, I think Billy Billy had a really good one. Aaron, you want to take that? Well, you weren't supposed to say that it was Billy. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Sorry, Jeez. Billy. I spoiled it. <laughs> B- Billy wanted to sure. know what's the, be- what's the better fruit, the sumo tangerine or the Korean pear? Definitely the Korean pear. Although <laughs> I think I introduced Billy to Korean pears and sumo tangerines. So. <laughs> he told he me to... Well. He told me to use the name Ted Diamond. I don't know what the significance of that is, but. <laughs> oh, Billy. I can't believe I ruined that. Sorry, guys. And it's sorry okay. to you, Billy. If you end up listening to this next time, when Justin comes on again, we'll make sure we have this straightened out, how we're going to sneak a question in there from you. Oh, it's cool. Hey, before, before we go on to, to, uh, additional listener questions and, and we'll, we'll, uh, respect your time, Justin, cause I know we've been going for a while. Uh, how did your relationship with Billy come about? And like, can you just tell us what he means a lot to the, to the running world as a whole, but I mean, you have this, you know, personal relationship with him that seems to have developed to a strong friendship. So I'm just curious about that. Yeah. So we hadn't ever met, but um, when Gabriel was sick, I think kind of a lot of the running world was watching and he had sent, he just, I think he maybe contacted Mario and got my address and then had sent our families a nice like Italian meal to our condo where mm-hmm. we were kind of hanging out in Gabriel's last few days and just sent him a thank you. And I think I sent him like a, running on hope t-shirt that's kind of the foundation slogan but then Mm. kind of by chance we both ended up at this jaybird retreat our with rich roll yeah rich roll was there yeah i love Rich Um, Roll. (laughs) yeah timmy olsen was there there were i guess a handful of people i think billy described with you guys that we were like the f tier and somehow 
it reached the F <laughs> tier of guests to invite. So yeah. there definitely wasn't anyone holding a Justin Grunewald or a Billy Yang sign when we arrived. <laughs> so we kind of bonded and being like their last second. But we both have the same taste in music. We both, um, I don't, I don't think I come off as cynical on like uh, to the outside world, but we're both like kind of cynical, skeptical. We don't like talk bad about people, but talk like interestingly about scenarios and have the same dumb sense of humor where we can like sit up until 2 a.m. having a stupid conversation about nothing. Right. (laughs) So I think that's our main bonding issues over probably bad TV a band called the national and then i love the national yeah being able to commiserate with each other we actually got a listener or an audience question uh what's your favorite national album the national album oh yeah i mean that's i can't i can't give you one i so weirdly enough in my life and then what has happened with my weird relationship with the national each album has like had this three or four year window when I really needed it. And it came out exactly to this last album. Like I'm easy to find, which it was the foregone conclusion that I never wanted that album to come out, but that kind of signified that just like the song light years, we knew Gabriel wasn't going to live forever, but that song was like in your face. If you listen to the lyrics closely, I had just run my first 50 K in Afton, Minnesota. And we went to this festival called the Eau Claire festival. Eau Claire's Bon Iver um, puts it on essentially, but they do these stages made out of wood. The acoustics are incredible. You're like in a field on the river. And I think they closed with that off their new album. And I think I just like stood there never hearing the song and just started like sobbing, like knowing that every time a song like that had come out, it was significant in some way. And then she kind of got sicker after that. And that was how it worked out. But I love them all. And I still love the album, like Rylan. I was going to ask if, yeah, I was going to ask if that was uh, drawn from the song. Totally. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, I figured it probably was, it's kind of a dumb yeah. question, but <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I, I think you posted at one point, uh, before Gabe passed about the, like the, one of the last concerts y'all went to, um, or did they play, they played on a late night show and they played oblivions, I think. And yeah. you posted something about that being like something significant. And that was my introduction to the national. And I love them. Oh, that's too. awesome. So, yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. We had, it was another one of those weird scenarios for one of our, um, anniversaries. We'd go and see them. So probably four years ago in October, we came to Santa Monica, um, stayed like in Santa Monica and we we're going to see the national at Hollywood bowl. So we sit down at this brunch place and all of a sudden, five minutes into our brunch, this guy sits down next to me because it's like cafeteria style mm-hmm. and a little girl sits across from him and it's Matt Berninger and his daughter Wow! and Gabriel's wearing like a national t-shirt and we're getting ready to go to their show that night. <laughs> so she like 
kicks me in the shin and like starts texting me. And obviously I know he's sitting next to me because he has the most distinct voice ever. Yeah. But we basically sat there for an hour until like they finished eating because we didn't want to interrupt their breakfast. And then as he like stood up, it was like, you're Matt Berninger. Can we get a quick picture? But then through the weird social media life that there is, like two years later, all of a sudden he started following her on Instagram and then he had messaged her and said they were releasing a new album and invited us to a show in LA, like an intimate friends and family show. And that was in April and then she had passed away in June. But yeah, so it's just like, uh, I mean, and they're super nice. Like I became decent friends, like the Desner brothers run, went for some runs with them, kind of followed them. Actually, when I went to Europe, they were going to Europe, so they invited me to a couple shows. But really nice people, good people. And That's um, super cool. Yeah. Okay. Well, I have to say, we're on the music note, and personally, I haven't delved too much into the the Nationals music, but now that you guys are talking about it, I really want to go listen to it. You need to. Uh, I uh, I personally, my personal connection to music and you guys uh, is that when I was preparing for the Bandera 100K, I looked up on Spotify to see if there's a Bandera 100K playlist. And I found one that I've listened to many times when I was out on the course training beforehand by your very own Amanda Basham. So oh, you can huh? tell her that her Spotify playlist for the Bandera 100K that I listen to it a lot uh, in my training leading up to the race. So That's awesome. Cool. I'm going to have to check it out. Yeah, cool little connection there. Very heavy on pop and country music, which I love both of those genres myself. So, um, but we uh, we had kind of a, a funny question here. Um, Brian Smith wants to know: Do beards slow you down? And is there any science behind that? <laughs> you know, I think definitely in like a desert style race, they're gonna slow you down a little bit. I have like the I think if you're running in Minnesota in negative 30 degrees, they're probably going to speed you up because you're not losing as much heat through your face. So I think it's a plus minus. A massive mustache is probably going to allow you to but if- catch some more water. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope I can store some extra calories up there too for later in the race. Definitely. You know? A little goo to lick uh, out of there. No, I was just... <laughs> that just real sticky just got to get it wet it'll melt into my mouth or something uh no but i was thinking that if you have a beard and you're running in minnesota in the winter you probably pick up about five pounds of ice on that and your eyebrows and yeah. your eyelashes i mean probably some weight addition right Def- there definitely uh cool and then from a medical perspective another question here from hugo um just want to like for you to maybe share with like the everybody out there do you know of any long-term physical effects that COVID has had on runners? Have you like looked at any data or anything behind that? You know, long-term, long-term, we don't even have yet. So I, like, we're a year removed from, a little over a year removed from diagnoses. I know pulmonary-wise, the earlier cases before people were getting treated with steroids which showed improvement in inflammatory lung changes but people do have chronic like interstitial lung type disease pictures again 
these are a small portion of the population. I have a few friends that have had COVID that felt pretty lousy for over a month and now they're back to normal. Um, I don't think I ever had COVID. I'm vaccinated now, thankfully, but I got tested frequently. So we don't have data. It's still too soon, like for long-term data, but the interstitial lung disease is real. I think as the media blows everything out of proportion always, a lot of the heart stuff was way overblown. Um, like the long-term heart damage, there was inflammation in myocardium, which is the muscle around the heart, but it was very, very, very less seen than the media would have portrayed. Like you'd assume everyone had heart damage that got COVID and that's definitely not the case. Well, okay. So I guess in general, the prognosis is fairly good, although we don't have yeah. any data like long, long term, right? Beyond, I mean, most people, if you had it at the very beginning, it's been a year, right? Yeah. Um, and if you weren't treated with steroids, your outcome is going to be different than if you were. Mm -hmm. And again, as we all know, in any disease, the healthier you are you're going in, the healthier you're going to be coming out 99.9% .9 of the time. Definitely. Yeah. So, uh, we, man, have had a blast talking to you and thanks so much for, uh, joining us. We like to bring it into a landing with, uh, two questions that we ask everyone. But, uh, my question that I like to ask is, and this is so, I feel like so relevant to you and to Gabe, um, because of what y'all have been through, but as a person who is is generally the source of inspiration, like it's inspiring other people, you know, and, and especially with all you're doing with the Brave Like Gabe Foundation and and just how she lived her life, especially towards the end. Um, I'm curious, as someone who is often the source of inspiration, where are you finding inspiration right now, either in the running world or even outside of that? And I want to just give you the, I know what you'll say. I want to just give you the out that you can use an example uh, of that's not family related, you know, if you want to, I mean, you don't have to, I'm not going to twist your arm for another example, but uh, we always give that out too, because we know that you're being inspired by being a new dad and by your relationship with Amanda, but where are you finding inspiration uh, in the world right now? I think, and this is actually silly or not it's not silly so you get you know david and megan rush swap team swap mm -hmm. ryan he coaches yep. you right so yes. i think it was like probably three months of seeing david tweet stupid memes about this show ted lasso yes. where i finally was up with rylan all night and i started this show and it's by far the best show I've ever seen in my life. And it like changed my life it, with along with holding this brand new, perfect daughter, having Amanda, this incredibly supportive partner who inspires me every day. Like, I mean, she can inspire me giving birth to a child, but then I like hit this Ted Lasso show <laughs> and as simple and dumb as it is, I didn't know. I didn't even know who Jason Sudeikis was. I'm not like a wow. celebrity creeper stalker, but he went through a divorce. He has kids. So he went through this horrible, hard time in his life. And then he created 
this show that changed my life and was like the most beautiful show ever. And his stupid, simple believe sign or his Walt Whitman quote of like, be curious, not judgmental. That's something I like tell myself every day when I'm going to like look at something on social media and be like, Oh, you moron. It's like, just be curious. Like maybe they got to this conclusion, a different route than the route you took in your life. Like, so I'm trying to do that more. And I think believe is huge for anyone. Yeah. 100%. Have you, it's just a silly. Yo, it's great. Have you seen those books? Like they have them in Barnes and Noble where it's like, uh, like philosophy and Batman or philosophy and friends or I think they, they have to make a philosophy in Ted Lasso because there's got to be, or psychology in Ted Lasso because uh, the the quote that always made me laugh was, uh, you, do you believe in ghosts? Yeah, but more importantly, I believe ghosts should believe in themselves. <laughs> exactly. I love, I love that. But um, yeah, it's, just, it's great. Jason Sudeikis as a person, like I just became kind of obsessed with him. He like, I don't... I don't watch award ceremonies, but then he's like on whatever the, he won, like yeah. the actor of the year or Amy, something yeah. like ridiculous. And he's like just this laid back, nice guy wearing like a sweatshirt and everyone else is in their tuxedo. And yeah. he's wearing a sweatshirt of his like sister's business just cause he's like proud of his family. Like that's so cool to me. Yeah. Some of the best, uh, Jason Sudeikis, content that you can find outside of ted lasso is if you go look up the what's up with that snl sketch he's in he's a he has an unspoken uh recurring character in that sketch you got to go look it up as soon as soon as you can just google or just youtube what's up with that uh snl because it's pretty hilarious ryan awesome your question yeah <laughs> i don't know if i can beat that that was a pretty pretty amazing answer but uh, Justin, I would just like to ask, um, what kind of legacy do you want to leave, right? It always sounds a little bit corny coming out, but truly, um, you know, and you've already been establishing this um, not only through your relationship uh, with Gabe and the legacy that she left that you now carry on, but now what you're starting to establish with Amanda and Rylan, right? So I'm just curious... It's an open-ended question. Uh, what kind of legacy do you want to leave and impact you want to leave on the world? I, I mean, it's another simple or very simple answer. But when I was growing up in like a thing my mom would always say is like, when you go somewhere, like just leave it a little nicer than when you got there. Like if you go to a friend's house, like clean up, do the dishes, do all that. And I think the legacy with all the chaos that's in the world and all the doom and gloom, I just hope as a doctor and as a person, like I'm two different people. So like my legacy as a doctor is like, I just want to save lives or I want to like make lives meaningful moving forward. And if you don't have a lot of time, I want to comfort you. Like, so that's like that legacy, but from like a world perspective, I think just spreading hope, spreading belief, doing exactly what, back to the last question, what like Ted Lasso did for me. I mean, not always, I I just get frustrated because 
I went to a lot of school, so I'm like educated on this tiny subsect of knowledge. So I could like argue with you passionately about being a doctor or something like that. But where are we going to get from there? Nowhere. You're just going to be like, oh, this guy like thinks he's a smart doctor. Like what a douche. <laughs> so, but I just want to like be able to have like open, meaningful conversations and meet people where they are and hopefully have people leave the conversation in a better place than where they started it. And I think the legacy of the foundation, I think Amanda's saying of like relentless forward progress, realizing when I met her, I was standing against like the great wall of China and there was nowhere I could move, but somehow life found a way for me to like whittle a hole in it and get past it. And I think if you can just keep moving forward, it's so important. And if you can help other people move forward, I guess that would be the legacy I hope I can carry. That's awesome. That's awesome. So relevant too in our lives for sure. Uh, Justin, thank you so much, uh, for taking the time with us. And, uh, we really appreciate you coming on. Uh, you are someone that I want, I've wanted to talk to for quite some time and followed for a long time. So I really appreciate it. It means a lot to me. And, uh, we look forward to seeing your progress in running. Uh, we want to see, yeah, I, I expect we'll see you at Western States sooner rather than later. Uh, Honestly, which is exciting. I'm just- I'm just excited, Justin, to see you just continue exploring what you love, right? Yeah. Whether that's Western states, that might be on your heart right now, but who knows what the future looks like. And what I do know is that you are a driven guy who's very passionate about what he does and that you're going to leave your mark in whatever you, you know avenue and multiple avenues that you continue to pursue over the course of your life. So this is just the start of a a fun friendship that I hope all of us have. And I'm really excited to see where you go to. Yeah, it was great chatting with you guys. I really appreciate you having me on. So thanks everyone for listening to this episode of Tempo Talks. As we mentioned in the introduction, uh, please connect with Justin online, check out the Brave Like Gabe Foundation and all of the other sources and information that we gave. And we look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.